Um, we've got, um, turn with me to Hebrews 3, if you would. Um, I've got a couple of messages here, got them mixed up. Uh, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And I want to read to you from the book of Hebrews, the third chapter. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. I'm going to read verses 17, 18, and 19. These three verses go together quite well, and so we're, that's what we're going to be preaching on tonight. He says in verse 17, he says, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we come to thy throne of grace. We're so thankful, Lord, that you take care of us. Thankful, Lord, that you're with us each and every day. And, Lord, I pray that you'll help me as I attempt to preach your word tonight. Lord, I uh, sometimes um, there's a lot of things that runs through my mind and, and a lot of things that... Uh, uh, I, I guess I would like to preach on, but for some reason, uh, you don't give me those messages. But Lord, I'm thankful for the message that you gave me tonight. Lord, I pray that we'll, every, everyone in here and ever who listens over, uh, over the live streaming, Lord, I pray that, that uh, they will, uh, come to realize that, Lord, unbelief is condemnation. And, Lord, we, we, we can't live a life of unbelief. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us and everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We, um, <clears throat> we welcome all to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. We pray that the Lord will see fit to bless you also. Uh, the title of my message tonight is... Um, is entrance closed to unbelievers. Entrance closed to unbelievers. I'm going to pull my glasses off. I know I, I look terrible, but uh, look terrible anyway with them on too. But but anyway, um, uh, they they have a glare that they have. Uh, entrance closed to unbelievers. Now, um, when we read this text, you know, uh, again, unbelievers is is a is a great subject here in the book of Hebrews because if you'll look, we'll be going to the fourth chapter next week, next Wednesday night, Lord willing. We'll be going to the fourth chapter, but it doesn't end there because if you'll notice the very first verse of the fourth chapter says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You know, that's... Uh, that's that's what unbelief will do for you, you know. Unbelief will take you uh, completely away from heaven. It will, and and you know the thing about it is, is unbelief is not something that happens uh, all of a sudden. It's something that is over, over time. You know, we can say, well, I don't believe this, and then later on say, well, I don't believe this, and I don't believe that, and I don't believe this, and I don't believe. It's not long until you're an unbeliever. You, you, you're not believing anything, and, and you know the truth, the truth of the word is to be believed. Everyone, everyone should believe the truth 
of the word as it as it is as it comes forth and go and goes out. Now, in our text tonight, there were some who did not listen. Uh, uh, there were some who did not listen. He says in the sixteenth verse, for some, when they had heard, did provoke. How bit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. They some some just didn't listen. And, and there's some today that just don't listen. You know, you, you can preach your heart out, you can, you can witness your heart out, and you can talk your heart out, and, and there's some that, that just don't listen. They don't listen when, uh, uh, when someone is, is preaching to them and telling them, this is important. It's important, I tell you. <clears throat> it really is. I know we're, sometimes we preachers, uh, get the idea that, some people don't want to listen to us because we're who we are. But I'm going to tell you, folks, you, you listen to the Word. Listen to, listen to the Word of God, what the Word of God says. You know, as, as we said last Sunday, the Bible is words. God speaks words. And words are, are, words are important uh, that we listen to those words as they're spoken. You know, the great apostle Paul said, he said, for some when they had not heard, from some when they had not heard, you know, I I remember several years ago that someone said to me, I preached something and they said, uh, they said, well, that's the first time I've heard that, but it wasn't the first time I preached it. They said, that's the first time I heard that. You know, hearing the word of God is, is when God opens your ears. You know, a man, man's ears are really, are really skimmed over from hearing the word of God. Man's eyes are, are shaded over from seeing the word of God and being able to understand the word of God. Our minds are darkened as far as the word of God is concerned. But I pray today that God will remove, remove that skin, that skim that's over your ears. God will remove that, uh, that cloud that's over your eyes and that you'll be able to hear, you'll be able to see the things that you need to see and understand tonight. Now, uh, he says, for some when they had not heard, uh, back in verse 16, uh, we're going to go back there. That's where we left off at last week. For some, when they had not heard, now some text here adds his voice. You know, how many times do we pass up his voice? You don't have any trouble hearing me. You shouldn't have any trouble hearing me. I think Brother Sam told me one time that I was one of the few preachers that he could hear when they talked. And, and, uh, uh, you can hear me, but that, that's not what he's referring to here. The, the Bible, uh, Paul is saying for some, when they had not heard, and some text adds his voice. You know, when God speaks to us silently, sometimes God speaks to us in the nighttime. Sometimes God speaks to us in the daytime. Sometimes God speaks to us when we're not aware that God is speaking to us. And, and we need to listen to that, that still small voice that we talked about so much. We need to listen for that still, small voice. In the Old Testament, Jehovah God always spoke to his people through angels and prophets. 
He always spoke to them through angels and prophets. Jehovah God uh, on Mount Sinai, he spoke through the prophet Moses. You know, God God has a way of getting his word out. God has a way of getting it out. Well, uh, in the Old Testament, sometimes the angels carried the message of God. That's why that they could they could not understand when the New Testament came around. The angels couldn't understand uh, why that God uh, trusted uh, the, the the teaching and the and the and the giving of the word to somebody like me, or somebody maybe like Joseph, or some 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 of the preachers. They just could not understand that because they had always carried. They were messengers of God. They had carried God's message to his people, and sometimes the prophets would carry God's message. I know uh, Jeremiah always said, Thus saith the Lord. Isaiah always said, Thus saith the Lord. I'm bringing to you what God said, what God told me, what God told me to bring to you. Not, it's not words of my, word, my words. You know, I, I've told you folks many times that my opinions aren't worth a dime. My opinions and, 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 and Sunday, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be preaching about this, what's going on in the world today. I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting for you because I'm going to be preaching concerning, concerning the things that are going on uh, in the world today and, and, and why they're going on. I, I had a verse of scripture that, that I was going to, I picked out tonight that I want to, I want you to think about it. As we, as you go through this, but it's in First uh, Peter five and verse eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour." Won't you keep that mess, keep that verse in your mind, because it's going to be, it's going to be. Uh, you want to understand it Sunday. You'll understand more what I'm referring to Sunday, because I believe, and again. That may not amount to a whole lot. Uh, I, but I believe that we're living in the last day, very last days. You know, you know, folks, there's so many people praying. So many people praying that this will go away. Just, Lord, just, just take this away. But the Lord, Lord could take all this away just by one word. One word. Coming out of his mouth, he could he could take this away, but he doesn't seem to seek to do it. This has gone on and on. This has been a while now, and I want to tell you, folks, I I, I prayed today, right back there in my study, that God would take some of this garbage out of my head. You know, this thing has put a lot of trash in my head, and and uh, and I pray that God will take it out, because I tell you, folks. God, if God saw fit to do it, he could stop it. But he's letting, he's letting it go on. He's letting it go on just like these folks right here, what we're talking about tonight. This is appropriate message tonight. He, he just let them go on. He let them go on in their unbelief. And you're going to find that, uh, uh, that, of course, that he chastised them as a result of them just going on in their unbelief. He let them go, though. He let them go in their unbelief. You know, if God wants you to believe something, he can bring it to you and, and he can speak to you and you'll believe it. 
but he let them go on in their unbelief. <clears throat> on Mount Sinai, he spoke through the prophet Moses and the voice of thunderings, and the people were commanded to hear his voice. God commanded the people in that day, listen, hear his voice, hear what he's saying. Hear what, hear, hear what he's saying. He, he spoke through the thunderings. He, sp- he spoke through the lightnings. He spoke, he spoke through the elements of the, of the earth. He spoke through those things, a cloud, a ball of fire. He spoke through all those things. And he told the people to listen. And they did. They did listen. They listened. The Bible is, <clears throat> the Bible is completely filled with God's covenant laws. And do, of do's and, and do nots. When the people listened to the laws which were spoken through Moses, God's prophet, they listened, they listened. For he was the voice of authority. They listened so closely. And here's how closely these people listened to it. They listened so closely that they knew that every ceremony, every, every ceremony, was concerning the gospel of the coming Messiah. That's how closely they listened. I mean, how, what do you think about it? What, what if, what if we just got up here, all we did, never preached the gospel to you, never, never, never did preach any of the Bible to you, and we just got up here and served the Lord's Supper? That wouldn't mean a thing to you. If you, if you, if you didn't know what that means. But these folks, you have to understand, these folks took those ceremonies and they listened, when they listened to those ceremonies, how they did it, what they did, and, and the, and the procedures of it and everything, they listened. And what did they do? They came out of there, they heard the gospel. They heard the gospel preached to them because what they saw in those ceremonies was Jesus Christ dying for them. They saw the gospel, and he even mentions that uh, uh, later on. They, they saw it. They saw the gospel. They listened, and they knew that the Messiah was coming and going to die for their sins. Now, there were some, there were some who just could not leave their idolatry. They could not leave their idolatry. They could not... Be grateful to Jehovah God. And that led to unbelief. They couldn't leave their idolatry. They, they liked what they were doing. What about the golden calf? You know, when, when, when Moses went up on the mountain, he came back, they had made a golden calf. And they were dancing around it and, and worshiping that golden calf. Some of them just couldn't leave their idolatry. Some of them couldn't leave it behind. Some of, some of them just had to do it. You know, when, when you're saved, you're supposed to leave your sins behind. You're supposed to quit them. You're supposed to stop them. You don't, you don't just go on and sin and go on and sin and sin and then say, well, I'm going, I, I know I'm going to be saved. I, I know that there's no such thing. Let me tell you folks, unbelief is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Not listening and not heeding God's words always leads to unbelief. You know, we're, we're looking. I, I, I tell you, if I believed everything I saw on Rhonda's Facebook, I would be, I'd be totally crazy. 
Because there, there are some wild things that are said on Facebook. Some wild things that are said, you know. And so this is something that, uh, uh, that it leads to unbelief. When, when we just can't leave our idolatry, we can't leave our, our smoking, our cursing, our drinking. We can't leave those things behind and, and serve the Lord and, and live a righteous and godly life. When we can't do that, that leads to unbelief. Because you start getting angry. Well, every time you preach or speech, preach, preaches a message on something that you're doing that you shouldn't do, it just makes you boil inside. Makes you boil inside. And that leads to unbelief. It sure does, because it did here. So not listening, heeding God's words always leads to unbelief. This speaks to us today that the, that the gospel unheard is a gospel which has no advantage to the lost person. If you don't listen to the gospel, then there is no advantage there, no advantage there to, uh, to a lost person. If, if, if they don't hear the gospel, you know, we, we, we preach it, we cry, we cry out, listen, hear the gospel. But if God doesn't open their ears and he doesn't open their eyes, they can't hear it and they won't be able to see it and understand it. There, there, were, there were people, even Jesus himself said, I'm sorry, Apostle Paul said, Apostle Paul said that there were prince that would love to hear, well, Jesus said it too, that there were prince and there were kings there were potentates that would love to be able to believe the very things that God's children believe and what God's children see and understand. These people didn't see and understand. They didn't. As Charles Spurgeon once said to a thirsty and dying sailor on a salty sea, the gospel is like a drink of cold water to a lost and dying sinner. You know, on a salty sea, you know, Water, water all around, but no water to drink. What a wonderful thing it is that, you know, they pick up a bottle of Walmart water and drink it. You know, that, that's a wonderful thing. That's what he was referring to there. He, he was referring that when the gospel is listened to and the gospel is heard and the truth is listened to and the truth is heard, it's like a drink. It's like you've been out on a salty sea and you and somebody gave you a drink of fresh cold water. That's what that's what it's like when a, when when the gospel is preached and preached to a sinner, and if he never hears it, it becomes a matter a matter of a matter of no concern to him. Doesn't mean anything to him. How how many people have I gone to over the years, and they said I've heard that all my life. I've heard that you, you you go and tell them about Jesus Christ dying uh, on on the tree of Calvary and how Jesus went and suffered and died. They, I've heard that. They said I've heard that all my life. They know you're talking to me. Had a lady over there in the in 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 Glen in in Wheeler County. I went up to her door, knocked on her door. She came to the door, and I told her. I said I just want to tell you about how that Jesus died. For our sins, and she, and she slammed the door. She said, "I've heard that all my life." And she slammed the door. I could tell you who it was, but I'm not going to. She said, "I've heard that all my life." 
Well, let me tell you, folks, it's sad. They never heard it. They just thought they heard it. They just heard it with their ears. They never heard it with their heart and their soul. They never heard it. A person like this becomes a lost cause. The things of the world have great concern to such a sinner. The things of the world have great concern, just like the idols had a great concern to these Jews that, uh, that died there in the wilderness. Uh, the gospel uh, has, no, has no concern. Sin has a great concern to them. This is, this is the reason a lot of modern-day preachers have turned more to teaching the things of the world rather than or rather than the, uh, the things of God. They, they, they teach, yeah. Did you know that uh, when I was when I was pastoring at Friendship, the Southern Baptists would send me my sermons that I was to preach. Of course, I didn't preach them, but they would send them to them. But did you know on Earth Day? They expected me to preach a message on Earth Day about this Earth. You know, on uh, what well, I, I probably should preach a message tonight on uh, on on looting and tearing things up and burning things up and stealing because that's what's going on in the world today. A lot of preachers have gone to preaching messages concerning the world. You now have preachers. There are preachers out there now who teach the things of the world rather than the things of God. They've gone to that. You know, how are we going to get people in our church? How are you going to get people? How are you going to fill the building up? You've got to start preaching the things of the world. You've got to start preaching what people like. What do they like? They like sin. So you start preaching that, you know, it, it's a, uh, some preachers, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Some preachers, you know, will tell you it's okay if you sin a little bit, it won't hurt you. It's okay if you drink a little bit, that won't hurt you. It's okay if you want to curse. I know Brother Kendall said that they had a preacher one time that told them, if you want to curse, just go ahead and curse. Well, I tell you, folks, there's preachers out there that are telling people it's okay to do those things. Well, my preacher said it's okay. So I'm going to keep going to our church. I had a man right here in, Wheeler, in, in Tombs County tell me several years ago, he told me, he said, our preacher said, if you want to go out and drink a beer, that's okay to do. And he looked at me and he said, you don't believe that, do you? I said, no, I don't. He said, well, that's the reason I'm going to go to him and I'm not going to come to you. I can tell you who that person is. He's dead now, but I can tell you who he was. He said, I'm going to go to him because he said it's okay if I want to drink a beer every now and then. He kept beer in his refrigerator. He kept beer in, his, in, his, in, in a, in a uh, container in his car in, in a, in a, uh, with ice in it. 
He said, my preacher, my preacher said that's okay for me to do that. So what did he do? He said, that's, that's the preacher I'm going to go listen to. Let me tell you, folks, I, I had people tell me, if you just bend a little bit, Brother Jackson, if you just bend a little bit, you'd have a church full. You just bend, what they mean by if I just bend a little bit, if I just give a little bit of the world to people and tell them it's okay if you want to follow the world. You might say, I don't know any preachers that do that. You just don't know. Because I know there's preachers today that do that same thing. They tell people it's okay if they want to do a little bit, if they want to sin a little bit, that's all right. It don't hurt you. Don't hurt you none. I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, he said, would you go in a, and drink a beer with somebody to win them to the Lord? I said, no. He said, well, beer's not going to hurt you. He knew me. He knew me when I was growing up. He said, you used to drink them, not, not drink them all the time. He said, beer's not going to hurt you. But I said, yeah, it hurts my testimony. I said, I'm not going to do anything like that. You know, folks, unbelief, is a disease, and it catches on. It catches on with crowds. It catches on with mobs. It catches on with, with modern-day preaching. Unbelief is a terrible thing. Now, we must come to the reality that God is grieved because of our sins. God is grieved because of our sins. You, you'll say, well, I've committed a sin... Did you know you grieved the Holy Spirit? If you're saved today, truly saved, and you go out and you do things you shouldn't do, you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. No doubt about that. You're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says, but with whom he was grieved 40 years. 40 years. Verse 17. It was David who wrote, in the Psalms, David wrote, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart. They have not known my ways, but to whom I swear in my wrath that they should never enter into my rest. Psalms 95, verses 10 and 11. That's what David said. Now, that's just not me saying that. It's just not me having a title of a message that says entering, uh, enter, entering not into, uh, um, well, I forgot what my title was, entrance closed to the unbeliever. Entrance closed to the unbeliever. That's right. They'll never enter into God's rest. That means they'll never enter into heaven. They'll never, they'll never have any rest. When you're gone, you know you don't have any rest. Day in, day night. For eternity. You don't have any rest. David went on further to say in our text, I'm sorry, Paul went further to say in our text, was not with them, he was not with them that sinned. He was not with them that sinned. Listen, folks, sin is a terrible thing. As a matter of fact, it is a condemning thing to a lost man. You'll say, well, I haven't committed any sin. The Bible says you're lying because you have. 
when you, when you really start lying is when you become a hypocrite and say you haven't committed any sin since I've been saved, as one lady told me. We've all sinned since we've been saved. But thanks be unto God that he gets that out of, out of our head. That's the reason I prayed today that God would take this stuff out of my head. All this stuff that I'm seeing on TV, all this stuff I'm seeing on, on, on Facebook and all this stuff, God would take all this stuff out of my head. I'm going to tell you, folks, that stuff mixing around in there will mess you up. It really will. Uh, you, it'll mess you up so much that you'll think this month is May rather than June. I'm telling you, it will. I know I've heard Brother Sam say that since he retired, that he, sometimes he wonders what day it is. We all do that, Brother Sam. I do it too. <clears throat> Listen, folks, sin is a terrible thing. As a matter of fact, it is a condemning thing to lost men. It grieves the Holy Spirit to those who are truly saved and sin. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Oh, I, I don't, what, what do we mean by grieving the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it to you. I wish I could. I wish I could stand up here and explain to you what it means for the Holy Spirit to be grieved. I don't know what that means. I mean, what, what does the Holy Spirit have to be grieved about? What does God have to be weary of? The Old Testament says we weary the Lord sometimes. What has God got to be weary of? What's Jesus Christ got to be weary of? What's the Holy Spirit got to be grieved about? It's us. His children. It's the ones that he tapped one day and a still small voice came to them. And they came and they trusted the Lord as their Savior. That's why it grieves him. It grieves me too. When I see people who just cannot get away from their sin, they just can't do it. Sin is a contempt to God's righteous authority. It's a contempt to God's righteous authority. Let me ask you a question. Does God, now listen to this, this is a, not a tricky question, but it's a, one you really got to think about. Does God regard sin of one saint as he does the sins of a multitude? You're one saint. I'm one saint. Now, I know some of you are going to say, I know what you're going to answer is, sin is sin. It doesn't make any difference what it is. But how? But listen to it. We're talking about a multitude now. But how many carcasses fail because of the sins of the multitude? Sins of the multitude. Some six, possibly ten million people fail in the wilderness because of unbelief. They had no idea why they were walking around in circles out there for 40 years. Walking around in circles. Why are we walking around in circles? And oh, oh, brother so-and-so, he dropped off yesterday. Sister so-and-so, she died yesterday. And they just kept dropping off, kept dropping off. That was the sins of a multitude. What do we have today? We have people who will mob up today, and they'll all sin, and they'll say, they can't nobody do anything about that because we all doing it. How many times have I heard people say, well, so-and-so does it? 
But if so-and-so go, my mom used to say, when she I come in and she'd jump on us boys, and we'd say, well, so-and-so does it. She'd say, if so-and-so said for you to jump in a fire, would you jump in it? You, you've heard your mom and them say that. I know you have. If so-and-so, if so-and-so told you to jump in a beehive, and my mom used to say, if so-and-so told you to jump in a beehive, would you jump in it? I don't know how many of you saw that where that guy was on a ship and the alligators was all around him. And the guy was on the boat said uh, on the boat he, he was taking them on a tour and there's alligators everywhere. And he said anybody that will jump off of this boat and get back on it without getting hit by an alligator said I'll give them a, a th- I think it was $1,000 or something like it, $100 or something. So this guy, he jumped in the water and he got out of it. He got, he got his money, but come to find out, his wife, his wife asked him, said, why'd you jump in there? He said, this is, she, you pushed me in there. You know, uh, but he, he said, well, I got the money. This is how God regards a multitude. That is the, the reason the Lord warns against, and here it is, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. That's what we're doing when we're following the world. When we're following what the world's doing, the world's doing it, we're going to do it too. I've always heard that old saying, you know, uh, uh, you, you don't need to be like the Joneses. Well, people are wanting to be like the Joneses. And all the others. They're following the world, a multitude to do evil. Exodus 23, 2. I know, I know he will forgive a saint and not kill them. But let me tell you folks, there's something that we don't think about as saints. There are times that saints commit sins unto death. That's right. They commit sins unto death, and, and it's no use in asking forgiveness for them because that, that, that sin is going to stay on your conscience until you die. So this terrible sin, you say, I shouldn't have done that. They're terrible sins. They're going to stay on your conscience until, until you're gone. Now, we will appropriately end this message with this warning. In verse 19, so we see that they cannot enter into his rest. Paul told those Jews, he said, you understand now why your forefathers didn't enter into his rest. You understand that now. It was because of sin. They didn't enter in. That's why we titled this message, Entrance to the Entrance Closed to the Unbeliever. Let's all stand, if you would, and let's be dismissed in prayer, and we'll let you go. Gracious Heavenly Father.